Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. Today is Wednesday, January 18th. Good to be back. How are you over there? We're good. Uh, we're going to be uh, heading back uh, up north uh, later today, God willing. Uh, and a uh, number of events coming up uh, next week uh, and the week after in New York that we uh, want to participate in which necessitates our presence uh, up there. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that. Also, uh, I think uh, you know, yesterday I started, to, I was taking a walk in the late afternoon, I uh, passed by the pool here, and I, start, I heard a lot of kids. Uh, I looked inside, because you, know, you don't really hear kids down here, especially. And I saw the early um, signs, the early uh, indications of yeshiva break, you know, the world famous, what became known as yeshiva break. Uh, like, like 10 days off. A lot of yeshivas have 10 days off. Some just have three or four days off. Some have two days off. Some have a half a day here and then skip two days and have another half a day off. You know, <laughs> everybody tries different combination of what they think is the right way to take a break in the middle of the winter from yeshiva. Listen, when I was in yeshiva a few decades ago, okay, a lot of decades ago, uh, there was no such thing as yeshiva break. Yeshiva break was lunchtime. That was a yeshiva break. You didn't have you did, there was no such thing as yeshiva week no, when you No, there was no such thing as yeshiva week. No. I don't even know how to why is it first of all it shouldn't be called yeshiva week? It should be called no yeshiva week. So because there's, there's okay. no yeshiva. So why are people calling it yeshiva week when it's exactly the opposite of that? Every other week is yeshiva. I think it's yeshiva week. It's yeshiva week for these places like Utah and Miami because all the yeshivas are going there. Yeah. It's going um, skiing. Yeah. I, oh, so I saw uh-huh. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet from someone that said like Mashiach is going to be really disappointed when he comes and finds out what yeshiva week actually is. Yeah, what what yeshiva week? But uh, you see, but everyone's every every yeshiva depending on where they are on the uh, so-called yeshiva spectrum, uh, whether they're in New York, which has one standard, and the rest of the country, which has a different standard, they're trying to figure out, like they're trying to crack the safe, trying to figure out what is the right combination of days to be off that will be acceptable to not only to the parents, but will be acceptable to their image in the world. I don't know. I, I growing up, I didn't really have. I don't think we ever really went away for Yeshiva Week. Um, I think we did actually. I don't know if it was called Yeshiva Week, but I do remember the intercession trying to uh, go to Florida when you were little kids. Uh, we did that at least one time. Um, it, it's very difficult, you know. Uh, one of the people in my office uh, left to uh, to Israel on uh, on Monday with four little kids. You know, I spoke to her uh, yesterday. We, we communicated uh, about some issues on WhatsApp. Asked her how her trip was. She said, with four kids, very challenging. <laughs> but she's there. She's in Israel. And, uh, you know, I went to Israel a few weeks ago for, for Hanukkah, as you know. And there were a lot of kids on the flight. A lot of babies. Well, I I think growing up for me, Shiva Week was sort of like I'd go to a basketball game, a hockey game, and... It was sort of like an extended off Shabbos. It was like Thursday to a Monday. I don't recall ever having off of. I don't recall ever having off a Sunday to a Sunday in the middle of school year. Never happened. Or if you, ha- Never or if you have a different type of uh, inclination, you could take your daughters to a Broadway play, for example. You know, and your sons can go to like I don't know the 
the, the museum, the, the modern museum of art, or the uh, museum of broadcasting in the city, or the intrepid. You'll see a lot of people in the city. Or, or, or they can go to BMG, or they can go to they can go to those different inclinations as well. Okay, not not everybody's going to Vail skiing. Or to uh, you know Palm Beach uh, uh, to Sunderland. I would say most people. I would say I would say most people aren't. Honestly, well, you, you, most people aren't going. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we had this conversation before, and it's the same thing with people planning to go away for Pesach. You know, it's a tiny percentage of people that go away for Pesach. It's not millions of people. It's uh, in a, in a in a community of of I would say uh, you want to talk about from people. I would say a million and a half to two million people. Uh, I would say maybe, maybe, maybe between fifty and sixty or seventy thousand actually go away to some place exotic or even local to a hotel uh, to a costly type of program for for Pesach, and that's a that's a fraction. But by talking about it and by reading some newspapers, Baruch Hashem. You get the impression that, you know, that the entire world is on the move for Pesach. And you know what? Maybe they are on the move. They're going from their mother's house to their mother-in-law's house. So, you know, they're kind of on the move uh, in a way. Yeah. I think we're, we're touching upon an important topic that I want to speak yeah. about before we get to any of our like stories yeshiva, today. Like Yeshiva Week? No, I think that, you know, there, there's a rule in many Beis Yaakov's. Um, definitely in the tri-state area, that girls are not allowed to make bas mitzvahs. Um, I think that's that's yeah, that's rare. It's rare, and I think it's extreme and it's limited to very. very I don't. Well, what do you mean it's rare? What is that? How? That's not rare. YSV tag Benosiyako. These places you can't make a base. You can't make a bas mitzvah. You have to. The, I think you have like a small. You can't invite friends with a bas mitzvah. You can have with your with their family. You can have like a or just family, but you cannot. You cannot make a bas mitzvah in a hall with music and friends. Okay. You can't do uh, it. Not, not allowed. Based on the same line of thinking, you should not be allowed to go anywhere for so-called no yeshiva week you shouldn't be able to go anywhere so that's what i'm saying go, so that's what i'm saying if, that if you're gonna go somewhere if, if you're taking your kids someplace even though there's no school if you're taking your kids someplace there's other kids in the school that aren't going anywhere and that they're, they're gonna they're, they're gonna feel maybe uh, uh they're gonna feel bad about it so really the so the why doesn't should, the same rule the apply rule nobody goes away everybody should stay home right so why why it well it, it goes into the conversation and we just we touched upon it yesterday that took place in the United Kingdom, but it goes upon the conversation of well well how much should the school try to regulate what goes on at the home? So the school thinks that it's overstepping their boundaries to say you can't go away out of state for Yeshiva week, but they feel comfortable saying that you cannot make a bas mitzvah. And I think the bas mitzvah rule comes from a place of trying to be sensitive to all the girls that maybe can't afford a big bas mitzvah. Yes, but we're talking about Am Yisrael, you know. We're talking about people everyone thinks they're they, – they, everyone supports those rules, but everybody thinks they're an exception to that rule, you know. It's like when the first president of Israel, Chaim Weitzman, met the president of the United States, Harry Truman, for the first time. And Truman said to Weitzman, you know, I'm the president of 200 million people. And Weitzman said to him, well, I'm the president of 2 million presidents. So, you know, everybody, everybody in our community is a president. Mm. So everybody thinks that, yeah, it's not a good idea. There should be intercession. It's not a good idea. We should go to Orlando. It's not a good idea to go skiing and bail. 
but we're gonna go because you know we're in a different uh, situation, a different relationship. We're on a different level than um, a lot of other people. So, um, so we're going to um, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna go. And then you know what? Once we get past, by the way, once we get past that particular issue about whether you should go or not. The next big issue, and we can discuss this for the whole half hour if you want. You can forget about your stories, but that's up to you. Um, the, whole, the next big issue is who is allowed to leave a day or two early and who is allowed to come back a day or two late? Okay? I have a personal experience from, 30, <laughs> from 32 years ago. I don't know if we ever mentioned it here, but before you were born and before your brother Nissen was born, um, your brother Yochanan uh, was about eight, and I think Dovi was uh, four. And uh, I went to Israel with the entire family at the time, which I think consisted of, of uh, consisted of four children. You and this were not born yet. Um, and we went to show off my father's first yard site in 1990, and uh, we spent Hanukkah in Eretz and we came back. Um, we came back a day or two late. And uh, we came back, we arrived back in New York five, six o'clock in the morning, and we took uh, Yochanan and Dovi to Yeshiva. And about an hour later, we got a call from the Yeshiva come pick up your kids, they're suspended. How do you like that? Did you hear that story? Mm. You ever hear that story? I, I think it's an old family <laughs> tale. Uh, uh, so, I mean, we were a little shocked. Uh, we were a little shocked. Uh, we went to pick them up. Uh, why? Why are they? Why? This, you're talking about 1990. You're talking about how many years ago was that? 32 years ago. Uh, why are? Why is an eight-year-old and a four-year-old suspended uh, from yeshiva because they came back from Eretz Yisrael a day or two late? And I had a meeting with the with the rabbi of the school. The school doesn't exist anymore. It closed. Um, those who know yeshivas can figure it out from there, I guess. But uh, the, the rabbi, the rabbi said to me, um, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself a question. Is your, if you, is your son going to stand for 20 minutes because he went to Eretz Yisrael when he's eight years old? Uh, and, and, and I thought to myself, I mean, this is shocking that that is the measuring yard. And that's the barometer of how you judge someone, a family that went to uh, Eretz Yisrael. Forget about the reason. You went to Eretz Yisrael. You went to Eretz Yisrael. You know? We went, uh, um, your sister, uh, uh, Dini, went to Eretz Yisrael at the same time when we were there, Hanukkah, and her kids needed a couple of extra days here and there for travel. And you see, she was there in, uh, very strict about not leaving early and not coming late, except when it comes to going to Israel. Then there's an exception. There has to be an exception. You know, if you're going to Eretz Yisrael, I don't care whether it's 1990 or 2023, you 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 can't judge it like you're going to to Disney World in uh, in Orlando or um, right or, or any place else. Okay. I hear you. I I think that I, I it's tough. I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Bas Mitzvah rule. To be honest, I think it's a little bit. I don't know. I, I just I don't, don't get don't it. Like, why is a bar, why is? I'm not okay. I I, I don't want to come across a certain way when I say this, but I'm just saying the bar mitzvahs are okay, but the bas mitzvahs are not okay. And I'm not like, uh, oh, feminist. I'm not, I'm not going down that route at all. Everyone relax. Don't, don't go there. I'm just saying I, 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 maybe I need to do more research. Maybe I need to have more clarity on the rule of why 
girls are not allowed not allowed to have bas mitzvahs. And then it seems a little inconsistent that they're you know anyone can go to Vail and and Palm Beach and and um, and Bahamas and Panama. I, I think like uh, just be consistent. Like no bas mitzvahs. You can't leave the state for vacation. Unless of course maybe Israel because it's you know a kedusha trip, but like I don't think uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's right. I, I don't think you have to govern people. Next thing you're going to do is get a mandate a vaccine and have everybody wearing masks. Uh, yeah. So you don't so you don't think the bas mitzvah so you don't think the bas mitzvah rules either. One that should be had. No, I I, I think that uh, there has to be. Uh, well, do you understand the reasoning behind it? I think, like, let's be sensitive to the people who make the decisions uh, about the reasoning behind it. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I think that there are certain girls who can't afford to make bas mitzvahs, and and it might. It just it, they're being super sensitive. I think it's a weak, uh, weak type of reasoning. Uh, I think. The, really. Yeah, I think there should be standards, of course, but um, uh, I think first of all, when they make when they legislate these rules. They change them every year or two because it never works. It never works. Well, I think this rule, the Bas Mitzvah's rule, is, is, is fairly new, maybe the last oh. like seven years, and it's been it's been in place. I know when I was, was growing up, Bar Mitzvah's were – there was no restrictions on Bar Mitzvah's. Bar Mitzvah's were free reign. You could do – I've been to some Bar Mitzvah's in the cr- weekend, the craziest halls, and nice stuff. I think now Bar Mitzvah's need to end at a certain time. Everybody in the class needs to be invited. It's like I think now they also started last, getting involved in that. Last, last I heard, there's a way to circumvent the uh, the rule that there's no bas mitzvahs allowed. You know what they do? Like the uh, let's say a girl's 12 years old and they're not allowed to have a bas mitzvah, so she pulls off her bicycle and she's you know scrapes, uh, she twists her, breaks her arm or strains or uh, sprains her knee, and they're gonna have a suddas to thank Hashem. Ah, so <laughs> so you're gonna push, you're gonna push your kid off a bike and break their legs so you can make a bas mitzvah. I think that's something a lot worse with the family than not having bas mitzvah. Say, if they do I, that. I didn't suggest pushing anybody off a bicycle. I'm saying that they. Have- that's that's not a circum. That that is not a circum. That is not a loophole. That is just sadistic. That's you know, terrible. Saying, I wasn't suggesting that. You're distorting what I'm saying. I'm saying that you're saying to lie. No, you're no, saying to no, lie. No, 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 I'm saying a kid pulls off the bicycle and doesn't get too badly hurt. Is uh, it's good, good reason to have a suda seda, and the schools are not going to argue with that. Uh, they don't want you to have a bas mitzvah, but you know it's very similar to the way uh, to the way government works. You know they just they change the meaning of the words if they get into a tough situation. That's all. I don't know. I think that I would love to hear the feedback of the Daily Thread audience. You can really uh, email us at the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org. Chime in on this topic. We'll read your your email. Uh, it could be anonymously tomorrow on tomorrow morning's episode is, because uh, it's very timely because you know yeshiva week. Yeah, according to what I heard, uh, the noise that I heard in the area over here down Florida, which is a big attraction for no yeshiva week. Uh, um, the, the I heard kids. You don't really hear kids' noises around you so much. And next week they say it's going to be just wall to wall kids. You, you know, and families of course. You're not going to be able to get into a restaurant. Forget about a restaurant. Can I? Can I tell you what I don't what I don't like? And maybe this is like I personally I don't be, I don't like when I hear well we have to take the kids to this place because all their friends are going to this place and like I think if the rule if there's if if rules in general if if schools trying to regulate what goes on at home is to protect other kids then like maybe I hear it I don't know like I, I heard a parent recently say I need to take my kid. 
I need to take my kid away somewhere because all their friends are going away. And it's like, well, you don't need to go to Vail. You don't need to go to Vermont. You don't need to go to Panama. Like you can go to Manhattan one day. You can go to like, maybe you could just like go to a, a grocery and do like a scavenger hunt. Like, I, I don't know. Be creative. Matthew, we had this conversation a few months ago when we started this about summer camp. You know, there's only X amount of kids that, that will uh, physically fit into X amounts of summer camps. And kids get rejection letters. We're not even talking about economics now, being able to afford it and not afford it. It's a it's a similar type of subject matter, you know. Uh, they, they don't have the in summer camps don't have the type of room that the schools have, so certain kids get closed out of summer camps. What are they supposed to do? Uh, are they supposed to um, close down the summer camps to forget about the summer camp idea? Anyway, you're right about you're right, right, you. you should. Um, we should uh, we should watch McCall. We should uh, turn it over to the, the listeners, who I think they're, they're these are people that are experiencing it. You know, you have a you have yeah. a two year old. You're not experiencing that. You know, and and, yeah. and I'm not experiencing it because my baby is uh, 28, uh, so I'm not experiencing that. I mean, I'm still experiencing it a little bit. But... Just saying, you never took me to Panama. You never took me to Bahamas. You know. Well, you know, we took you plenty of places. Do you want to keep this show to a half hour? We don't have enough time to talk about all the uh, places that I took you, uh, including Florida, yeah. including Eritrea, including uh, many, many. Uh, I'm not many complaining. Places. To be honest, I'll be I'll be real with you. I have no interest in places right now, at know. least. I don't have interest in going to the Bahamas. I don't have interest in going to Puerto Rico. You don't, and, you don't have to do that uh, now. Yeah. But let me, let me, you want to change the subject? It's a very interesting story as well. Yeah. You want I have, go, I have you a want really. Go first, you go first, okay? Yeah, I have a I have a story here uh, via Yeshiva World uh, about Vladimir Putin, who is suffering from treatments could resort to nuclear weapons. Insiders claim so. A Telegram channel that claims to have inside information from the Kremlin claims that Russian President Vladimir Putin has become withdrawn, silent, deeply preoccupied as he undergoes a new treatment. Mm-hmm. There have been widespread rumors that Putin is suffering from advanced cancer and early stages of Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been rumored a little for a little bit. Right. Uh, no one obviously has has been able to confirm it. Uh, but it says here in the article that it added that Putin has gone almost silent and he refuses to see anybody. Mm-hmm. He is about to gamble, if not by going for broke, then by raising the, the stakes to a critical level, mm-hmm. General SVR claimed. Um, so I think people are nervous that because of his advanced illness, he might do something a little bit crazy, a little extreme. You know, uh, first of all, Putin is uh, the president or the dictator in uh, in Russia, and he's not pressing he's yes. not pressing the button himself. He doesn't have a button like a, a ring doorbell where he, where, he, where he presses the button for nuclear weapons. He has a military chain of command. And I think if he's making decisions and because, uh, motivated by the fact that he's so ill, the people that have to survive him and take over after he's gone are not going to be listening to him. Who's disobeying Vladimir? Who, who's disobeying Vladimir Putin? Though? If he's having advanced cancer treatments and has Parkinson's, you can be sure the generals in the Russian army are talking about the future of Russia, not worrying. He's not Superman. He's just a human being, you know, just a human being that happens to start a war that's killing a lot of people. But uh, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't have the final say necessarily. Every uh, every leader is uh, dispensable, especially one in his uh, circumstance. Okay, what do you got on your end? What's, what story do you want to bring oh, up? Okay, well, I want to talk about um, uh, they have kosher lab-grown uh, cheeseburgers now. Did you, did you read about that? 
no, chief, I did not. Read about it. Very, the chief rabbi of Israel, the Ashkenazic chief rabbi, Rabbi David Lau, ruled on Wednesday afternoon, that's today in Israel, the seven hours ahead of us, that cultured meat, that means meat that's created in a lab, is kosher and is not uh, considered to be meat in terms of Jewish law. Cultured meat, also known as lab-grown meat, is made by feeding sugar, amino acids, vitamins, and other nutrients to animal stem cells raised uh, in bioreactors. The stem cells are collected from bovine embryos, that's like cow embryos. Rabbi Lau made the determination that visiting a Rehovot lab using the production of cultured meat, finding that as long as the process for producing the cultured meat remains the same, such products are both kosher and technically not considered to be meat, thus rendering them parav, a category of kosher food which is neither dairy nor meat. So you, isn't that like the isn't that like an impossible burger? Isn't that like uh like I don't know what uh, I don't know what the impossible burger is made out. Is it made out of vegetables, soy? Is it made out of It's made of like uh, yeah, like grass. It's like grass stuff. Uh, this, I don't know. This like, is, be, like but this is like this this probably tastes more like meat than the impossible burger, which doesn't taste like meat. It sounds good, but uh, I mean I, I don't This doesn't sound good though. You're talking about sugars, amino acids, like no thank you. You're talking about you're talking about eating meat, you know, and but it probably tastes more like meat, but it's not meat and like I like the headline says, uh, you know, it's a kosher lab growing cheeseburgers. You can have a cheeseburger. The the non Jewish world, the non kosher observing world is wild over cheeseburgers, you know, and it's that like crosses the biggest red line that you could possibly uh possibly have. You know, we can cross over to having uh, cheeseburgers. Isn't it funny how, yeah. how much time we spend? You know, we study Jewish law our whole life, and uh, we get to, once we get everything, uh, you know, into our mental, uh, um, into our system in terms of knowledge, we spend the rest of our time trying to figure out how to circumvent those those, yeah. those rules. You know, how to find so we do, how, yeah. to, how to find the, how to get a cheeseburger, how to. You know, uh, yeah. so on and so forth. So uh, anyway, but that, that's so, big news. That's big news if you can have a cheeseburger. My, yeah, my next story is via Fox News. It says that UN envoy thinks Hezbollah terror group and it draws rebuke from Israeli officials. Yeah. Is this real? So United Nations official on Monday <laughs> thanked a representative of Hezbollah for giving her a tour de horizon of Lebanese issues, drawing rebuke from Israeli officials. Right. So... I think her name is Joanna Roneka. Right, right. Uh, she tweeted, yeah. she said, I thank Mr. Amar Mosawi of Hezbollah for a toward the rise on his issues of priority for Lebanon, including the election of new president, the functioning right. of state institutions, and the impact of regional and international developments mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if she realized, but Hezbollah is a terror is a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm, right. And she just thanked them for a tour. That's absolutely uh, that's big. That's a big problem, uh, and um, that's uh, the, uh, the 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 misguided direction of American uh, foreign policy, and it's uh, it's really a mess. It's really a mess. I gotta tell you. And and, and like Hezbollah, it's not like a alleged terror. Hezbollah is a designated foreign terrorist organization by the State Department, and a member of the United Nations thanked that a representative of Hezbollah. What what have we come to? What, do people not think? Do people not use their brains? I don't know. I don't think people really know what uh, Hezbollah is made out of, what they're committed to. Uh, Hezbollah is uh, unique in Lebanon because they're part of the so-called legitimate government of the of the country of Lebanon. 
So um, I know, Bob, though, but the State Department, the State, the State Department classifies them as ter- as a terrorist organization. Well, you know, if you want to see everything from a pro or anti-Israel perspective, the United States State Department has notoriously and historically been anti-Israel, They're very much against the creation of the State of Israel from the beginning. They thought it was the wrong thing. They tef- they think it's the wrong thing today in terms of the two-state solution, which they're very much in favor of and so on and so forth. It's a very old, tired uh, discussion that there's never going to get anywhere. But by the way, today there happens to be a political crisis in Israel uh, today with the new government uh, because the Supreme Court in Israel decided that Aryeh Derry, the head of the Shas party, is not allowed to be a minister in the new government uh, because of his previous uh, criminal convictions. He was committed. He was convicted several times, two, two or three times, of uh, tax offenses, not paying taxes. But uh, Netanyahu appointed him in the new government as interior minister. Now, there's no problem with him sitting in the Knesset, apparently as a member of Knesset. But the 11 members of the Supreme Court today voted 10 to 1 that, by law, because of his criminal background, he's not allowed to be uh, um, a minister in the government. And the Shas party said that that's a discriminatory type of uh, ruling because the uh, Supreme Court in Israel is notoriously liberal and the Shas party is a religious party and they think that it's an anti-religious type of move and they're threatening to bring down the government uh, if uh, Netanyahu is going to listen to the ruling. And Netanyahu said before the ruling that he, whatever the Supreme Court decides, he's going to listen to. So... He's in a uh, what they call a pickle. He's in a kind of pickle right now. He's in a quandary. Yeah. Uh, so that's our that's our that's our episode let me say, for uh, today. Let me say one more thing. I want to say yesterday. Uh, I'm running out of time. Go for it. About this week's parsha, Vaera. Very exciting parsha. To say that in, in the beginning, one of the re- you see you see one of the reasons why um, so many young people, especially young women, uh, and some young men, a lot of young, but more young women than young men. I got the impression. They go into speech therapy as a profession because of okay. all the difficulties in the world, Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to lead the Jewish people, and he had a complaint to Hashem. He said, why are you sending me? You know, uh, uh, why are you sending me? I'm a Moshe Levnei Hashem. I have a speech defect. Why are you sending me to talk to Pari for? I can't speak well. How's Pari going to listen to me? Why would he listen to a guy that comes there? And I don't know, he said that he had... He had like uh, what he called uh, a He had closed lips. He had some kind of speech defect that needed some kind of, you know, speech therapy. Moshe Rabbeinu needed speech right. therapy. And I think that might have been uh, an event. Apparently, he was successful in communicating with Paro through his brother, Aaron. But I think that made an impression on the Jewish people in general, which today has resulted in an inordinate number of our young people uh, being directed, uh, undertaking a professional career in speech therapy. That's what I wanted. That's wow. what I wanted to say. <laughs> I guess I, that could or could. I guess that's a good reason. Maybe, maybe. Well, anyways, that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening okay, and watching the Daily Thread. Make sure to give us your feedback on the first half of this episode. We discuss an important topic, and we'd love to hear what you think. So email us at the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org, or you can sign up to, sign up to our, our account on WhatsApp and send us a message there. Anyways, we will be back with you tomorrow with another episode. Have a great day. day.